Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, they are all advancing as we move into the final hour of trading. Stocks are rebounding from two days of losses. Crude has halted a three-day route. Healthcare shares adding to a recent rally. The dollar staying lower as jobless claims came in slightly above expectations. Gold is advancing. Right now, gold up 420 the ounce to 12.50, up three tenths of one percent. Crude oil up 22 cents a barrel. West Texas Intermediate at 42.75, up five tenths of one percent. Brent back above $45 a barrel, up 42 cents at 45.24. That's a gain of nine tenths of one percent. Equities higher. S&P up four to 24.40, up two tenths of one percent. The Dow up 31 to 21,441, up two tenths of one percent. S&P also up two tenths of one percent. Nasdaq up 16, a gain of three tenths of one percent. Wall Street is awaiting the results of the Fed's latest stress test for American banks. And after seven annual exercises in which at least one U.S. bank failed, all of the nation's 34 largest lenders will probably pass this year's Federal Reserve exam. Allison Williams is a senior analyst with Bloomberg Intelligence. It does certainly seem like investors are pretty bullish going into these results. And it's interesting if you take a step back and look at how uh, the stocks have done and specifically to the big six, which I cover, but I think this is true broadly of the U.S. banks. You know, we had great outperformance up until March 1st, and that was the day after Trump's first address to Congress. And then since then, you know, banks have been looking at sort of this flatter yield curve. The Labor Department reports a slight gain in jobless claims up by 3,000. The 10-year up 4.30 seconds, the yield there 2.15%. And again, recapping, S&P up 4, a gain of two-tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie Pellet, thank you so much. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets right here on Bloomberg Radio. to our Bloomberg chart of the day with our Bloomberg stocks columnist, Dave Wilson. A little Fleetwood Mac for you. Um, what's going on? Well, it's going one's own way. I mean, and what it refers to is sort of share prices and economic data. Basically, uh, the Citigroup U.S. Economic Surprise Index sort of representing a benchmark on the data front. Now, you'd figure that if the stock market kind of follows the economy's lead, that when this city index peaks, you'd be able to bet against the, say, the S&P 500 and make some money. I mean, Neil Dutta went in with that premise. He's the head of U.S. economics of Renaissance Macro Research, just to kind of find out if that is indeed the case. And the short answer is, no, it's not, at least not usually. I mean, and, and it's especially relevant now based on the drop we've seen in the last uh, three months or so uh, within this uh, Citigroup Surprise Index. But going back to 2003, when it was first calculated, he found 15 examples when the index got above 50, which basically meant it was close to a high. And then he looked at the S&P 500 three months out from that, six months out from that, just to get an idea 
of how stocks performed, you know, once that uh, economic index, as you might call it, rolled over. So, surpri- so surprise to the downside? Well, so a surprising economic report that was disappointing. Right. In other words, you get to the point where optimism peaks and then starts mm-hmm. to turn. You know, do you see stocks go with it? Like I said, the short answer is no. Uh, the S&P 500 rose by an average of 4.7% in the three months after uh, the city gauge got above 50. And you look six months out, the S&P 500 is higher by 7.8%. And that's particularly relevant now because, you know, we've seen – uh, in the past three months, you know, we got above 50 and then indeed kind of fell off a cliff. And yet, if you look three months out, the S&P 500 was higher by 2%. So six months out, who knows? But, you know, you figure that based on this pattern anyway, there's a good chance stocks will be higher over that period as well. So, you know, if people aren't so hot on the economy, it doesn't necessarily mean they're so uh, cold on stocks. So that's sentiment? Basically, it's sentiment in the sense that you're looking at economic reports relative to estimates, and estimates are clearly a function of sentiment. If you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart, the explanation that goes with it, and everything I do going forward. The email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. So from the U.S. to an important U.S. trading partner we go, Mexico, and their central bank raising borrowing costs for a seventh straight time. As the country's annual inflation rate more than doubled since September, so they increased its key rate 25 basis points to 7%. That was in line with uh, the estimate of economists that we surveyed here at Bloomberg. Uh, and they did report that annual inflation quickening more than expected to 6.3% in the first two weeks of June. That's twice as high as the central bank's 3% target. So they're trying to be aggressive to rein in that inflation. They have a situation, um, Felipe Hernandez, who is our Latin America economist at Bloomberg Intelligence, they have a situation that... We can't totally understand because it's not what we have. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, uh, we have kind of the very opposite. different environment in terms of inflation. Yeah. But, uh, in terms of the decision, as you mentioned, the hike of 25 basis points was in line with what the consensus was expecting. The surprise in terms of the decision came uh, in terms that this was the first split decision with one of the five members of the board uh, voting f- uh, to keep interest rates unchanged. And also uh, a, a shift in the uh, bias from the previous tightening bias to a neutral bias now, uh, which probably does that mean they're getting ready to slow down in terms of this interest rate uh, cycle, this higher rate cycle? Yeah, and basically, when you read the statement, uh, they pretty much explicitly say that uh, in the current cycle, and given the information that they currently have. They, they believe that interest rates at current levels of 7% are now consistent with inflation uh, going back down uh, to 3%, which is the target within the next uh, year or two years. It's interesting because the finance minister in Mexico said yesterday that Mexico, again, as you just said, you know, near the end of its cycle of interest rate hikes and may be able to actually lower borrowing costs as early as year end. That seems like, whoa, maybe we went, we went too far? Yeah, well, that basically, you ha- when you look at the, what explains the very high inflation that you currently have in Mexico, you find that there are mainly two uh, reasons for the high inflation. One is a sharp increase in domestic gasoline prices in January, which mm-hmm. uh, rose by uh, almost uh, 20%. And the exchange rate passed through from the depreciation of the peso to inflation. And when you look at what uh, has happened to both oil prices and the peso since January, 
you have seen a very strong uh, appreciation of the peso and oil prices in international markets coming down. So those two that were the main that are the main reasons for high inflation at the uh, current high inflation both have changed trend already and would point to lower inflation going forward and mm -hmm. that's basically i believe what's behind the uh, expectations or the forecasts by the finance minister uh, about potential interest rate cuts uh, uh, as soon as the uh, the end of this year i do believe that it's probably too soon to talk about the uh, interest rate cuts, but uh, definitely... That, not my words, uh, just the finance minister. <laughs> with this information, uh, definitely uh, this it looks like this probably will be the end of the tightening cycle, of the current tightening cycle. It, the that's dramatic. That's, yeah. that's a it huge is. deal. Right. It is. I mean, when you compare with uh, what they have been doing since December of 2015, I think over the last year they, they are pretty much the only central bank or one of the few central banks in the world that have been hiking interest rates. And they have been doing it in a very aggressive manner. So Yeah, the most hawkish central bank in the group of 20 nations. Absolutely. Uh, and interestingly yeah. enough, the reaction of the peso to the more dovish uh, or less hawkish outlook was uh, relatively positive with the Mexican peso appreciating on the back mm. of the news. So well received by the markets, which uh, given the importance for uh, inflation, for the inflation outlook of what happens with the peso, the market reaction is definitely something that the central bank uh, will welcome. Dave, anything that we've seen traded off of this? Well, I mean, one thing you can point out is just how dramatic the effect of the peso has been on, you know, stocks have done. I say this, the Bolsa Index, the benchmark in Mexico, up 7.2% for the year, so it's trailing the S&P 500's 9% gain. Thing is, though, when you put the Bolsa's move in dollar terms, you're talking about a 23% increase for the year. All right, going to leave it there. Dave Wilson of Bloomberg News and Felipe Hernandez of Bloomberg Intelligence. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets right here on Bloomberg Radio. To the more of the national news headlines with Bloomberg News anchor Adrian Mitchell in our 991 studios in Washington, D.C. Thanks, Corey and Carol. Senate Republicans have released their version of a bill to repeal and replace Obamacare. Bloomberg's Irv Chapman reports. The plan would provide billions more dollars in what Majority Leader Mitch McConnell called a stabilization fund to keep state insurance exchanges going for the next four years. We agreed on the need to improve the affordability of health insurance and shift power from Washington to the states to provide more Americans with the kind of affordable insurance options they actually want. Democratic leader Chuck Schumer. Millions of Americans will be unable to afford insurance or the insurance they can afford won't cover the services they need. The Congressional Budget Office will estimate how many Americans would lose coverage under the plan and who the gainers would be. Irv Chapman, Bloomberg Radio, Washington. President Trump says on Twitter that he does not have recordings of his conversations with then-FBI Director James Comey. Bloomberg's Alex Wayne has been covering the story. That would be, you know, Nixon-type stuff because uh, Nixon, of course, got in a lot of trouble because he was taping his conversations and uh, they were demanded by, uh, by Congress. Uh, he fought them, uh, and ultimately that, that's what brought down his presidency. So had there been tapes... Uh, this would be a huge story. That there are no tapes is not really a surprise. Trump yeah. has telegraphed this. Trump says he did not make and does not have any such recordings. A traffic safety group says legalizing marijuana may be linked to car crashes. The Insurance Institute says there's been a 3% jump in states that have made the move. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Adrian Mitchell.